What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You're listening to Comedy Central. Well, that World Cup about to come to an end, Ralph. Mm-hmm. It's been a good one. To come to an end. You've enjoyed it. Oh, man. This Corruption Cup has been the best shit I've ever seen, man. I, you know how much money I made in the Corruption Cup? Corruption Cup has been killing, bro. It's amazing. I don't like seeing them African nations get their ass whooped like this against these European countries. Personally, I like seeing certain countries go home early, like Germany. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it worked out. It was, it was good. So far, it's been good. Well... If you need somewhere to go, and JG, I know you was just over there in the Middle East, so uh, this, this job opening might be for you. Uh, what? Now hiring. In spite of everything that's going on with the World Cup, apparently there are still job openings available. What the hell is going on in Qatar? Qatar. They need an anesthesia technician. They need an epidemiologist. Hmm? And they need a psychologist. What are they doing? These are all available on Indeed. Now, look, any one of these jobs by themselves being available, I would not think anything of it. But when you see these three jobs all side by side, what the fuck is going on on the other side of this World Cup? Again, an epidemiologist, a psychologist, and a special education technician. COVID's still running wild over there. They need the whole shebanga bang. <laughs> One person down. We got three openings. <laughs> they better be glad that the World Cup wasn't in China because they'd have just locked everybody in the country. <laughs> Too soon, too soon for Chinese human rights abuse jokes. This is my job fair. Gonna get a little creepy today. Um, what? I don't like blessing creepy. the dead. As you're looking in your episode description, as episode is titled "God Bless the Dead," and this is about occupations that involve people who are charged with telling the stories of those who have passed on. Gonna talk with a crime scene investigator to see what all that dead body shit is like, and if that shit is really as sexy as they make it seem on CBS. <laughs> It is not. Uh. <laughs> he said, it is not. It's totally not. <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm telling y'all right now, 
um, you know, when I die, uh, don't you let niggas put all of my. I hear you go, Jacqueline, again. Whenever I talk about my death, she don't want. She don't want to hear that shit. It's life, JG. When I die, I need you to not let these niggas put up bullshit clips of me from the comedy clubs. Suits they gonna put all the suit Roy clips. All the suit shots. All the suit shots, man. Yeah, I'm saying the extra big suit too. Like we have the Harvey suits, man. The Harvey suits. Yeah, and release prank calls. (laughs) You, you, you're right there where what I'm getting to, right? The fact that. Because here's what happens. At a lot of comedy clubs, they record the show for that night on a wide frame just for posterity, just to have. Mm-hmm. And then they store these tapes in a vault. And then when a comedian dies, they go rest in peace. And then they find the shittiest clip from a Thursday night from a joke that you never even put on TV because you didn't believe in it. And that's the clip they post online and go, Roy, we always love you. Jacqueline. I want you to report those accounts as spam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If okay. it ain't polished shit from Comedy Central, don't you, let, you. Don't you let these shitty ass comedians post that bullshit. They're Can you post- just you call me before you die? I mean, only just call sneakers, because. Only sneakers and jackets, Roy. That's it. Go yeah, that's it. Yeah, it should be, it should be slow. It should be slow as pans. It should be slow as pans of your of your Kip Lebrons. Just slow pans on the Kip Lebrons, bro. That's all it needs to be. Just slow but, pans. But I'm serious, and I know you. Hate I know that you are. But it but it is a very it is a high honor to be charged with trying to make sure that the dead are honored. And True. so you know, there's other occupations we got to get to. In later episodes, when we revisit this subject, I'm talking about you, funeral home industry. You thieving motherfuckers. Mm. Forgot about you. Mm. Gonna get one of y'all on the show. I'm on record saying I ain't talking bad about the funeral directors. They scare me, bruh. I'm good, man. Them cats get real serious real quick, bruh. Can't do it. So, Roy, that's Roy talking shit to y'all. For the record, when you come on, y'all don't let Roy talk shit to you. I don't, I don't fuck with people that own pig farms and crematoriums on me. Real talk. <laughs> Can't that do funeral it. funeral home shit, that's, yeah, that's some real, real shit, man. Motherfuckers <laughs> come in the funeral home and beat up the dead body. These gangs. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jacqueline. Who's done that? Oh, Jacqueline. Shoot, oh, shoot Jacqueline. bodies They have drive through wings. In caskets, right. Yeah. What? You can't even come in the funeral home to pay your respects because the rival gang will come in there and re-murder you. Oh, no. Yeah. Drag the body back out. <laughs> Drag the body Stop. into the street, shoot the body up again. Yes, this this happens. And then you know what happens? What? The funeral home charges you again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fucking body, you thieving motherfuckers. You plastic surgery. Like we had to touch him up again. We gotta we, right. <laughs> <laughs> we patch him up. I don't know if funeral homes do that. For real. Patch him up again. All right. <laughs> I think it was reattaching our arm, right? Do you want that arm back? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very dangerous job, funeral home director. But you know, we'll talk to the CSI kid and see what that's like. Do, like, can you get the finger? Can you get the fingerprint oh. with the super glue? Mm. You know, mm. take this back to the lab. Process this. <laughs> take it back to the lab. <laughs> you ever notice on TV whenever they take some shit back to the lab, them lab results come back quick as hell. Meanwhile, I'm waiting four days for a fucking COVID test. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the biggest lie perpetrated PDF. by those shows is that right. database. 
that everybody has access to that the first four days show niggas like nah that shit ain't real at all but we got two days before this shit go forever and we gotta drive to pick up fingerprints and shit they can't even fax them all same way yeah drive eight hours away to get a nigga fingerprints (laughs) (laughs) and women do not wear those tight pants in the lab let's get that out there too Uh. they don't no, no, mm. no. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Can you imagine how many young men are just fleeced into that whole thing because they think women are in there with the body dresses on? Like, yeah, I'm totally going to be a forensic scientist. Look at the way she dressed. Men are slow. That That's a yeast infection waiting to happen. Stop that madness. Okay. Well, you know what? That's, Some people like bread. We can try and fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take what? the camera to the lab. <laughs> Why do I open this microphone? I don't know. I'm sorry. It's it's my fault. Let's start before we go down the wrong road. It's time now for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. So we just had an election not too long ago, Mm. a little earlier here in uh, McRib Awareness Month. um, That is not a real thing. It is now. I just Shout out those those happy happy meals. I just think mm-hmm. that you're disrespecting my people. And I just don't understand why me and my fellow McRibicans have to be Mc subjected Ribicans. to this level we of disrespect. We in here. I got mine early this year because I was in Wyoming. They came back like two weeks early in Wyoming. Get it. They had a handwritten side in that bitch. They said the Maria back. And then like two days later, <laughs> there was an internet announcement that the Maria was hidden in two weeks. <laughs> nice. That's going to be a very small part of your museum. It's just going to say McRib and we're going to keep moving. So Initiative 82 in Washington, D.C. was a very contentious initiative. I don't know. Originally was struck down two years ago. But um, cooler heads have prevailed. People campaign the right way. Um, You know, when the initiative was originally passed, city council was polluted and poisoned by corporate entities that forced them to rescind the law. But now voters spoke up and in Washington, D.C., restaurant workers will receive a huge wage, which now outlaws sub minimum wage for tip workers. Instead, they'll get full minimum wage plus tips on top. Congratulations. That's what's up. To all the service industry folks out there in Washington, D.C. I'm sure our good friend Chef Rock from the Food Glorious Food episode is somewhere crying because he got to pay them motherfuckers <laughs> a little bit more bread. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I nah, looked at nah. his website and he pays $15 or more per person. That was automatically embedded. Already. Off the top. Already. Off I knew top. he was a good. I was about to say, I remember, I remember on tape, he was on tape saying that he believed that you needed to pay people more for the jobs that they do. So he was actually he was actually all about this one here, bro. He was on point with that. And he's sustainable. So all of the things in the restaurant, they can compost, recycle. Oh, I looked him up before somebody gonna come talk to me about food. Wait a minute. He was Googling him. He was Googling Mm -hmm. Chef Rock. Mm -hmm. I was Googling because I need to know if he can cook for real. Oh. 
so he can cook for you. Oh, we got jokes. Shots fired. I mean, I'm trying to decide whether or not we need to get her yacht to be a middleman to get mm. you on over to DC. <laughs> you know, sample the goods. You was the one talking to him about deglazing and all this. All yeah. Since you told me, I got to learn to be arrogant. Number one, I don't need a middleman. Let's start there. Oh, why did you return to need to learn to be arrogant? <laughs> Number two, I'm not interested, Chef. Let's just be clear about that. There we go. Um, here's my concern. Do you think once the general public knows that they're getting full minimum wage, will they tip less? Because you're incentivized to tip 25 and 30 percent because you know they ain't making nothing. You know they're gonna put some fentanyl in your goddamn shrimp. Wait, what? Now well, you know, you be rude to an employee. You know, they put them pubic hairs in your shit. So you got, you, you got, you got to be nice. A couple of drops of Visine in your water. You know, is this is Initiative eighty two net positive or net negative for servers? It's gonna be net positive for the money they make yeah. in general, but when mm. it comes to tips, it, the tips are gonna go down. It's gonna be like Europe. So, like in Europe, they you know you don't tip. Because they okay. pay restaurant workers a proper wage, and you're encouraged to not tip. For, for all rude, the actually. Americans listening right now, like that's it's considered rude in most Absolutely. European countries, and people will look at you very weird and call your ass out for trying to leave a tip. Like you'll get embarrassed for that really badly. <laughs> I I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not like I'm excited and I'm happy for the workers, but I'm not initially going, all oh, right, everything's perfect. It's like, okay, well, what's the mm, I'm not going what's to, the what's the ripple? I can't say this? perfect. And that's you can't say perfect. You can't sense. can't say perfect. I mean, I don't know. I got a lot of homies that still make a living in D.C. as bartenders, as waiters. And, you know, these are the cats who is also doing things on the side that could have gotten them in a hell of a lot of trouble just so they can make the rent. So, you know, then I feel like it's a hell of a kick up. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, I kind of understand what Rod is saying, too, but I kind of feel like it's, it's in the beginning so far, it's, it's definitely a net positive, you know, say that these cats are making a little bit more money. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a all good the thing. people who were against raising their wages and were talking about tips are the people who are going to stop tipping because now they're making $15 an hour. So they got to feel like, this is the trade off. I tipped you because you yeah, weren't but them making niggas money. Wasn't tipping anyway. But that, but that's what's that's the next movement mm. in that in the opposite side of that struggle is the people saying, "Why should I tip now? You're making fifteen dollars an hour. That's what you wanted." Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you should tip. I, I'm going to continue to tip. I will put it that way. Like I'm I not tip. Pocket watch. I tip for a selfish reason. I tip well <laughs> for a selfish reason. <laughs> Uh-oh. I tip wow. 25 to 30% for a very selfish reason. I don't want people to think black women don't tip. So I <laughs> oh, tip yeah. very well. Whether you oh, bring yeah, the, the ketchup that I asked for. Yes. Whether you bring <laughs> that ketchup that I asked for, I'm still going to tip you 20 to 30%. Whether I'm in the kitchen looking for my own mustard, I'm going to tip you 20 to 35%. See, you're trying to bribe racists 30% of the time. <laughs> right? I just... I, can't take I'm kind of like that to a degree. I'm like, hey, hey man, here's ten dollars. Please don't hate niggas. <laughs> That's I know. Basically, what you're saying. Because sadly, some of the places that we all end up, we're the only people that they see, and I just, 
I feel like I'm doing it for everybody sometimes. So I just have to tip well. Mm. Well, nonetheless, for getting initiative 82 passed and getting yourself a little extra bread. And then what you need to start doing, also uh, DC service, y'all need to just start lying and say that that shit didn't pass. No, nobody knows. (laughs) Don't tell nobody. (laughs) For standing up for yourselves and um, getting yourself up to full wage, getting yourself up to minimum wage, which really still ain't shit in the bigger scheme of things. Uh, But stand tall, restaurant workers, and don't let these folks start fucking with your hours and making your section smaller and making, making your section bigger. So you have to cover more ground oh. and then give worse service. Mm. Um, so just just I'm happy for you, but watch for the pendulum to swing the other way and just keep your eyes open. But in the interim, you all are all Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Yes. Brought to you money, by money, money, money. Queen Mother Fried Chicken, the best talking, money. the best fried chicken on earth, according to shit talking ass Chef Rock. Okay. That dude did talk a lot of shit about his chicken, bro. I got to taste this. The best goddamn chicken. I beat your ass in the face. I chicken beat your ass with a fucking shit. neck bone. Yeah, my chicken is so good. No. All right. Worse from first time. Oh, I got to get. I, you know what, third? Mm. We got to give a salute to old Booker Hayat. Yo, she's the, she the stuff, bro. She's the, the bee's knees. We gave Hayat a mission mm-hmm. a couple months ago because, you know, some of these more unique careers that we have on this show, it takes a minute to book. You just can't yes, it does. get interesting people with interesting jobs to always say yes. And so we told old Hayat we wanted to do a death episode. We wanted to get somebody <laughs> on from a crime scene investigation. And um, nonetheless, um, we had somebody that was willing to come on and talk to us about the world of crime scene investigation. And the more questions we had, the longer the document got. And I just think we need to settle in for this brother with this brother for as long as we can because okay. we we ain't had nobody on since Dead Body Sue from Mississippi who we didn't had on. These are facts. And about you don't the world of dead bodies we don't get often on this show. It, it's 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 some kind of world. Yeah, mm. it's a de- but it's a lot of money in that world because people are it's, it's always inventory. Oh, mm. people is dying. I mean, I don't know about a whole lot of money. There's a whole lot of dying. There, that's for sure. Corey, <laughs> <laughs> JG, who do we have on the phone? You heard him already. It's Corey from North Carolina, and he's a crime scene investigator. One of the first people called to the scene of the crime, actually. And he'll be talking with you, Roy, about how he got into the field, the many aspects of the job, and also what can go wrong, what can go right, and advice for those looking to break into the field. Hello, Corey. Hi, how's it going? Yeah. Now, I would imagine you really ain't there in the crime and progress. The crime has concluded. <laughs> My goal is to be yeah. as far away until the crime is concluded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't I don't even know where to go for Let's just start with your path into this world. You know, it is gory, it is visceral. I would imagine that you've had to create some sort of mental barriers to keep this shit from permeating into your psyche so you can still be a loving father and husband and all of that other normal people shit. Hmm. But when did you when did you just look at this job and go, Yeah, I can do that? I, what is that? Three people shot and killed? Yeah, I can come clean that up right quick. Corey. What happened over there? Uh, uh- a little cocaine and motherfucking missing. Yeah, I can check for the clues. Let's scoop like, that up. 
Yeah. What's that? A dog bit somebody in the pole? We got to see which way the dog went to find the, the people that the dog took? Yeah, I can do that. How do you get to that place? Because this ain't one of them jobs that get invited to career day. How many career days you've been? Um, you've been invited to career day? I actually do go into like all the local high schools and talk about the job. But really? It's, yes. it's for the forensic science class that they have there. Oh, so, oh that's dope. You know. that's, that's all right, though. But honestly, I've, I've kind of gotten this. I wanted to do this in high school myself, um, which is kind of weird. But I was. I don't think it's that weird because mm-hmm. I do. The one thing that the, the, the one thing that Dead Body Sue told us that I really appreciated was that she has an opportunity as a medical examiner. She was a medical, mm-hmm. she didn't do CSI. She was a med- she's a medical examiner. Mm-hmm. She has an opportunity to tell the story of this person through medicine and through science and be mm-hmm. able to connect the dots and hopefully answer questions for the living that the, she gets to speak for the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, mine was, I kind of, I always liked the, like, the forensic aspect. I actually started, well, I didn't start, I finished both my bachelor's and master's in forensic chemistry. So I was kind of on the working in a drug chem lab or toxicology lab or something like that. Um, Before my senior year undergrad, I actually got the chance to intern with NCIS. Um, Really? And that's what actually put me out. I got out in the field and got to see a lot. And that's when I was like, you know what? I actually kind of like this being out in the field, being on scenes, being, you know, in some of the action. Um, so I kind of went to grad school on the mindset of, I want to do CSI. Um, I went to Penn state. So, um, got a lot of experience there. Wait, wait to fit that in Corey. I like that. I like <laughs> gotta that. Fit in, you know? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Represent, sir. Represent. And I think it's important to denote with your occupation, you know, we're talking about a crime scene investigator. It's not just blood and gore. It's also break-ins, car accidents. It could be a missing person and a borders, you know. Yeah, it, it also murder and stuff like that. But, you know, we talk about everything that goes on with that job. You know, you have a job that's been portrayed on television for, I'd say, about 20 years now. If we go back to the original recipe. Yep. CSI Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does TV get right and wrong about that? Because mm-hmm. it's a lot of get that to the lab gibberish yeah. <laughs> on all them shows. Every every show, get that to the lab. What do you got there? <laughs> take a picture of that. Put one of them little yellow numbers beside it. I mean, they get that part right. <laughs> all right, take another picture. <laughs> they get that right. <laughs> I mean, really, TV, I mean, I always talk when I go into like high school classes and I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, TV shows you the murders. They show you the fun stuff. They show you the interesting stuff. But what they don't show you is that 75% of this job is working break-ins or working stolen, mm-hmm. you know, recovered stolen vehicles or working the other, you know, stuff that's not going to be on CSI Miami at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, you're not going to see it because it's not always that interesting. Um, you mean you're not walking in the parties filled with coked out strippers <laughs> naked on the floor who OD'd because they were partying too much with Bow Wow? You know, like I can't, it doesn't happen. Can't say I've ever seen that. No. Damn it. <laughs> and in real life, do the women actually wear those skinny black pants? I, the women wear the same thing I wear: BDUs and a t-shirt. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> we're, oh. we're wearing. Pants and yeah, no, we, we wear stuff that can get dirty and, you know, bloody and 
brain matter and whatever else we're going to be dealing with that day on. Because on the movies and in the television shows, they have on wedge heels and the pants that hit at the point. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> Perfectly tailored. Yes. You cannot do this job in no wedge heels. I can tell you that. Thank you. Because, <laughs> you know, with what they do on television, clearly you have characters doing multiple things, I would assume, which is not the truth. Correct. Like, this, is the photographer also going back to the lab to develop the, and then the person that pulled the fingerprint also going back to the little fingerprint glass hut to to put in the super glue fumes to pull the <laughs> like, what about that? Is that is that legit? Can you pull the fingerprints off all the shit, Corey? Kind of. And so, so some places you're going to have people that are going to have all different jobs. When you go to a major city, um, you're going to have separate people that are doing all the separate jobs. Uh, where I work, we're a little bit smaller. And so we do a little bit more. So we do some of our CSIs do also do all the latent fingerprint stuff. Um, so they are the ones that are working crime scenes, lifting fingerprints, and then going back to the lab and actually analyzing the fingerprint to see if it's an identification on a person or if it's not. Um, so really, you will see that, but you're never going to see the person that's doing all that also interrogating a suspect, also making an arrest, <laughs> also doing whatever else. Those are usually where the separation is made. You don't get to run people down? No, I'm okay. You don't get to run people down? No, no, I'm, I'm good without that. How did your relationship with the concept of death change once you started working this job? Mm. Just because I'm, in terms of your psyche, how does this job affect your psyche oh, it, I mean, to see all of that? You know, we talked about burnout not too long ago. We talked about newsrooms like mm -hmm. you get stressed out in the newsroom reading about the bad things. Your job is to go and make sure that the criminals are brought to justice by collecting clues at the scene where the bad thing happened. How is that? How is your relationship with death you know, changed over the years? It's definitely gotten different. Um, and I, it's, it's one of the, it's hard to describe like death to me is just kind of like another, it's like part of everyday life. Okay. I was, I was trying to actually explain this recently and I kind of went like, and I had to realize that not everyone sees this every day. I was like, yeah. So most people see death once every couple of years mm -hmm. with someone like close to them. Um, so they're really only involved in it once every couple of years or in unfortunate circumstances, maybe a few more for me, it's once every couple of days, once at, you know, four or five times a week. Um, that's scary, man. I, I did, I did crime scene, um, crime scene cleanup for all of a month. Uh, I couldn't take it. It, it, and, and it wasn't the death things for me. It was the order thing. What what's some of the what's the worst one you've seen? Like, it, is is the death stuff worse than the than the hoarding versus like, I don't know, somebody who's got a dog pen that they ain't like, what's the worst that you've seen so far? Yeah, honestly, kind of going along with like the hoarder thing. Um, mm -hmm. People that are somewhat hoarders and then aren't found for a couple months. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, that's when it gets a little raunchy. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I, I've seen some things. Um, I've seen people up. that haven't been found for like four or five months. And by that point, it's it's not exactly pretty. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. those, are those are worse than the murders. Because like the murders, it's like whatever. There's a little blood and maybe some brain matter. But 
when Ooh. you you need a snow shovel to pick somebody up because they've just oozed everywhere. It's that's honestly the worst stuff for me. Is it? months and months and months. That's just net. Like I, I when I I lived in L.A. Ugh. and didn't have a fridge. Came home one day <laughs> and there were roaches everywhere. And when I when my landlord came running up to me, he was like, "Oh, by the way, you're getting a couple months free rent." I was like, "That's cool, but why are there roaches everywhere? I ain't got no damn fridge." Come find out the dude that lived in the apartment above me was dead and had been dead for almost three or four months. And people didn't know. And when they went and checked in on him, because, you know, everything had been compact and closed for three Mm -hmm. months, when they opened the door and the roaches spread out and all that kind of stuff, it literally impacted the entire place. And the smell was God awful. Like it was unreal. The sights are what they are, but the smell that, that, yeah. That, didn't go away. You, you can't get past that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that you'll be like later that day, you'll be like sitting there and you're still kind of smelling it and you're just like, what, why is no. <laughs> I've heard that some detectives actually smoke because of the smell. Do you smoke or, and like I'm talking about cigars or something that's pretty heavy to get that smell away? No, I just. Really, Gord? <laughs> really? <laughs> Take it to the head. Give me that rigor mortis to the straight to the head. <laughs> Give me that straight. Mm. There are people that use uh, like Vicks vapor rub on their upper uh-huh. lip. Um, mm. But I found that you just oh, smelling salt. Then and you stuff. just smell Vicks and and decomp. So it's I don't know. <laughs> but how much of this though? But and 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 it's important to make this distinction here because crime scene cleanup is its own thing and mm-hmm. is noble. But your job, let's not forget this, you operate as an extension of law enforcement to find clues that help solve a crime or determine that a crime did not happen. After the break, uh, I want to talk with you a little bit more about what it takes to do this job. And we need some advice from you, Corey, on people who want to get into the, do you like smelling dead bodies? Do you like coming home stinking like criminals, but you motherfucking help the police Catch that motherfucker. And what, 75% of the time, it will be breaking. We'll see you It's the job fair. We'll be right back. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Job fair. Uh, scam of the week standing by with uh, Corey, crime scene investigation analyst, and see if there's some scams going on with them dead bodies. I wonder if you can just steal stuff off people. Uh, you know what I'd have been tempted to do back in the day, JG, if I was in the crime scene, dead body? 
go on hit that credit card one more time. <laughs> <laughs> then I bribed the coroner to change the time of death till tomorrow and make it seem like he did that. You know, they're very competitive. Those coroners are very competitive. When they hear that someone has died, they both show up with those long wagons. Like three of them showed up at a house one time. Like, ain't you supposed to get dispatched from like the, the sheriff? Like, hey, we choose you. Come get the body. How you pull uh-huh. up like the ice cream, like a food truck competing aunt- with customers? <laughs> what yeah. kind of auntie do you have? Your auntie like a certain funeral home and they going to call and say, my brother just died. Get on over here. And your other auntie like a certain funeral home. Boom. It's going down. Alabama. Wow. And they get there fast, Roy. I've seen this. You've, OK, you've seen it. Never mind. They get there fast. So what, they got a police scanner. Are they just listening for like dead? They're body listening to the scanners, to too. Yeah. When I worked in television, I knew all the codes. So, yeah, dead body, natural causes is a code for that, too. If you're a coroner, do you just pull up and like sit around the corner from shit where you think some shit goes like like the same way food trucks be stalking? Like 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 perfect example. When The Daily Show was in Atlanta, we had audience lines that were three hours long. Wow. By Tuesday, all of them Atlanta hustlers that pulled up with a hot dog cart, taco cart. And they food Monday it was butt naked, but once they saw, oh, people gonna be standing here. Oh yeah, cool. So if you a coroner and you got your hearse, are you just out, just like, oh, it's a rap concert tonight? Oh, oh. Yeah, that's good eating. Right I can't. There. I can't. Oh, that's good eating. <laughs> Y'all boys is wild it's out so there. It was different down there. I know where, where in most places you got to be dispatched by the people. There's a dispatch that dispatches the city coroner to places and shit. But I don't know. Y'all Alabama down there doing the Hunger Games with dead folks and coroners. It's wild, boy. I've seen it in Georgia, too. The mm. mistress called one coroner. Somebody else called another one. Mm. We bring this man on the program every week. You've heard him early already. Um, he is the uncredited inventor of the emotional support Kahlua. Been known to walk around barefoot up there in Middle Tennessee and get his chakra straight with the earth. He's undefeated in pregnancy scares, a lifetime record of 43-0 and 2. And um, if you're looking for a Christmas gift, ladies, go stand outside and stand downwind and put a little peanut butter whiskey on your neck and he will appear and give you a gift. Mama named him Rado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, we talking about these dead bodies today. What's oh. happening? How we can honor and how we can honor the dead oh, and tell their nice. story. Like, you know. Yeah. You ever seen a dead body, Rod? You ever several. Been that type of situation? Several. Several. Right. Several. What about y'all? Wait, no, you what can't say several. Yeah. <laughs> right, what the hell is several? I'm sorry. Back <laughs> up. <laughs> the what? Multiple? <laughs> We're not talking funerals, right? We're just talking just a dead body out in the wild. Yeah, no funerals, no hospitals. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of dead bodies. Why? I'm, at most, I've seen three, and and I don't even like recanting those. I, how the fuck are you seeing several? <laughs> I'm from the hood. Like not like a relative in the house who's just passed. Nah, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about niggas that been murdered. So, like freshly murdered bodies, you've seen? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of dead bodies. Why? Because I'm from the hood. I'm from the hood. I ain't seen that many dead bodies. I was outside. (laughs) (laughs) I go inside at night. (laughs) You went outside. I was outside. I just imagine Rod just seeing like a dead body, Jacqueline, Mm -hmm. and then just 
two fucking corners bending the corner like a fucking fast and furious. <laughs> Drifting that bitch. <laughs> and then hopping out. This you, bro? This you? Can I help you with it? All the time, all the time I ever stayed around, you know, to see some shit like that is like when niggas get killed in public, that it really ain't had nothing to do with nothing I had going on. I didn't see mm. that. I have seen coroners pull up like that. We bring Rod on this program to give you topics, to give you co-workers that you hate, chance to shut the fuck up for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Wow, but something amazing that you found out about the world. Rod, I turn it over to you. Dead body scene. But listen, I want I want to touch on two things real quick. Uh, the first one is okay. Uh, Roy has he was talking about pulling credit cards off bodies. Uh huh. And I just like that Roy's ran one credit card scam and almost went to prison for it, and he is still <laughs> diabolical about it. He is still like, hey, you don't want to be cool. <laughs> You already did that. The first time you did it, you got caught. You can't do that no more. <laughs> I gotta get out this time, Rob. This time is foolproof. <laughs> like, wow. you be cool, boy. boy. Like a credit card scam. Like, you already failed it. <laughs> right. Right. In the then, analog era, too. Didn't it sound like he had thought about it, Rod? Didn't it sound like he had thought about it, too, right? Like, it wasn't right like a freestyle. Like, he, he got caught. He was like, man, it was like, if it was like 98 if it was like 98 that would be an easy scam <laughs> you could at least got a tank of gas off that dead body <laughs> but the second thing you brought up you brought up Christmas in my uh, in my intro and a uh, quick tip for the fellas uh, a, a great way to save money and get all your girls a gift at Christmas is oh. buy things for your main girl and then you give your side chicks the free with purchase of. You give them that shit. <laughs> so well, wait a minute well, now. You might be wow. on to something. Little Christmas tip for you, fellas. Wow. You, know? you fall off in the mall, they're like, hey, you spend $50 and you get one of these for free. Then you spend 50 on your girl and you get a little cashmere scarf to the side chicks. I, I, I have to like, give you that. Bag? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, JG, you're okay you with, agree this? with this? <laughs> I'm not a side anything, but I would tell you this. I'm agreeing with you when it comes to saving money. I I hear you. (laughs) I co-sign on that one. Yeah, there you go. You you buy your girlfriend the perfume set. Then you get a side chick the little travel bag that they give you for free with it. Yeah. Or go even bigger. Break up the set. Give one the perfume, one the lotion, and one the bath thing, and put it in now a pretty bag. That's, 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 that's disrespectful to your lady. That's disrespectful. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. Between your girl and side chicks, that's that's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to have a side chick. It's disrespectful to have a secondary, third, that's, fourth, fifth woman. Yes, it is. That's just that's necessary. <laughs> Whatever. But I'm with you on the saving money. I'll co-sign on saving money. <laughs> How do I say this politely? <laughs> I, I've worked for people who've had wives, girlfriends, and a couple of other things going on. I had to send gifts to everybody. There you go. You got, you know, oh, you man. Keep I broke That's why I know how to break this down. You gotta keep having house on and remind them, hey, your wife likes roses. She likes daffodils before you walk out of here. 
There you go, man. You shouldn't be fucking with nobody that like daffodils. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Sweet number one. Sometimes you right talk there. to a librarian. It'd be like that sometimes. Some people <laughs> oh like chrysanthemums, you know? They don't want mm. oh. Cat ladies love azaleas. Mm. Let's break it down, Rod. <laughs> Give these people some topics to bring up at the job, brother. Well, uh, these are uh, very uh, fascinating stories for, for both sets of people. Uh, right off the bat, uh, Oculus co-founder Palmer Lucky, who was fired from Facebook after they acquired the Oculus VR company, has continued okay. to go off the deep end and he has created Wait. a new VR headset that will kill you in real life if you die in oh. the game. <laughs> That's right. Oh, the crazy shit, son. <laughs> we are into that fucking Ready Player One world now. Is this right is some now. time shit. It, yeah, is it is time. Yeah, That's Matrix. Yeah. If I die in the Matrix, do I die in real life? The body cannot live without the mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is exactly mm-hmm. what has happened. Right now, he says it's, it's more an art installation than a working concept, but he has built a VR headset with yep. tiny bombs inside attached to your really? head. <laughs> and yeah. they will explode if they if the sensors pick up a certain frequency of red light flashing on the game over screen. And he yeah. says that this is the next evolution of people no. wanting to attach themselves to their avatars in reality and virtual reality. And now he you play those games right with over. real life consequences. He skipped right over fuck like orgasm sensor. He <laughs> straight to murder. Yeah. Right, straight up murder. It's insane. <laughs> and it looks okay. like the regular VR mask, but it has like three crazy ass prongs in the front, like a triceratops. Yeah. It's got these and in each one of the yeah, in each one of the horns, <laughs> they have a bomb in there. Because when the oh. dude designed this wild shit, initially he wanted a projectile. So like like a nail or something in there. <laughs> but he was like he couldn't figure out how to get the nail to work. So I just put a bomb instead. Like did a nail apparently wouldn't would misfire. So he's like, I just put an explosive, a, a small missile right in front of your face. It's the okay, shit no, people <laughs> yeah, are going to play this for money. It's inevitable. It's going to be well, demolition, man. That's what it was inspired by a Hunger game Games. called Sword Art Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an anime about these people who get forced to play this VR game. And if you die in the game, you die in real life. Mm-hmm. Really? Until there's Yo. a winner. And this is mm-hmm. a wild What's the Korean concept? joint that was on Netflix where everybody Squid got game. Live? Squid game. Yeah, this is the Squid Game. Squid Game. This is Running Man. This is all those, you know, movies from way back in the day where, you know, somebody puts you in something and you got to control them. Uh, Russell Crowe and Gamer. Another one just yeah. like that where, you know, somebody yeah. controlled this dude and, you know, if you if you died in the game, they came and scooped you up and killed the controller as well. Like, you know what this is going to turn into? It's just going to be something where they're just going to use death row inmates who lose oh, all their no. bills and then let them do this as a way to maybe get their commuted. To, like that movie. Um, did y'all ever see Death Row Game Show in the 80s? It was like a bizarro mm-hmm. horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And... It, Death Row Game Show was a it was a <laughs> it was a show wait here it is thank you Rhonda uh, 
Chuck is the host of a game show featuring death row convicts competing in life or death contests in hopes of cheating the executioner and winning prizes, including their freedom. Oh. Including and their freedom. The only move I've seen like that is uh, John Ritter's Stay Tuned, where they were playing, Ooh, they were, where they were no. in hell trying to get, where they were stuck in the TV shows in hell trying to get back to Earth. Trying to get out. <laughs> hell of a I remember a Death Row game show. There was a game that they played with this one motherfucker. And he, they put him in a chair butt naked. No. And then they put like an electrical cup over his dick. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't touching his body, but it was like an electrical cup over his dick. Uh-huh. And then they brought out a woman and made her take her top off. So if his dick got hard, he'd electrocute himself. Oh. <laughs> wow. wow. What happened? Wow. He got electrocuted. Of course he did. <laughs> he hasn't seen a woman in 19 years. <laughs> Right? Hit it with the Dragon Quest Puff Puff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shut up, bro. Oh, oh, Dragon Quest Puff Puff. Oh, real life, real life death VR headset. What else we got for the people? Mm. This is terrible. Well, <laughs> Stormy Daniels is back in the news. Um, Damn, that's a transition. Y'all remember porn star slash stripper who became a stand-up comedian and embroiled in a lawsuit with President Donald Trump a few years back. Uh, mm-hmm. Says that her 200-year-old New Orleans house that she recently moved into is 100% haunted. And <laughs> And it ruined her relationship. <laughs> wow. I could believe that. I believe in ghosts. I told y'all that ghost story one time. <laughs> the I can believe like when people talk about ghosts like that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what um, what's your ghost story? What happened to you? I didn't tell you about the time I was trying to have sex with this lady and I kept getting Charlie horses and couldn't do it. <laughs> Why do these stories always that start with that? No, the ghost. You tell ghost. the story. I was punching you in the back of the thighs. Right. I never, I never told you this story. I never heard. This. Nah, I'm pretty clueless on this one, homie. Nah. nah. So, I need to know about the ghost that so, was donkey punching you while you were trying to have sex, B. So I'm on the way to Valdosta and I'm trying to get it, and I make a quick pit stop and make and to holler at someone. And uh, it's the middle of the day, you know, quick little little day action. After this, and um, I start trying to hit it, and I oh. get like a sharp Charlie horse, and I try to hit it again. Like, hey, let's move this angle, and then I get another Charlie horse, and then as I'm like trying to, get, I'm like, fine, just lay on your back. Let's do it this way, and then I distinctly, and I fucking know what I heard, and I heard her say, "Stop!" So I stop. I go put my clothes on, and then she goes, uh, "Can I ask you a question?" If we wasn't going to have sex, why the fuck did you come over here and waste my time? And I go, you said stop. She go, I didn't say stop. I go, well, who the fuck said stop? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you got cock blocked by a ghost? But at this point, it's like her kids are coming home in 10 minutes. I got to get the fuck out. The kids can't see. So I got to get out of the house, right? They're coming home from the school bus. has been in the corner. In the hallway... There's a photograph of her, her kids, and this man. I go, well, who's that man? She goes, oh, yeah, that's my husband. 
he died eight months ago. And I'm like, oh, well, that's who told me stop. This wow. You know, the girl, husband was in there playing goalie on the box. B, fucking you up with the stick. Stop playing. I've never, I've never before that, and never since that ever had a Charlie horse in the act of foreplay. <laughs> that's that's my go-to move. Uh, I always fake a Charlie horse when the pussy whack. Mm. I just fake a crap. <laughs> I just fake a crap. I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> that's a good place to stop right there. Uh, the podcast is Uncle Rod's story. Oh oh, just shaking her head in shame. No, no, no. It's not shame. I'm just glad we stopped talking about death row. Because yeah, you got to go there. on that show with that dude, John, whatever the fuck, who like talks to the medium dude, who talks to the ghost for people. Ooh. You got to get him to have a sit down between you and this lady's deceased husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nigga. It was me. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> How bored are you in the afterlife to be worried about who your woman fucking? It was only eight months. <laughs> only eight months? He misses her. Talking to you. you need to be talking to your ancestors. Oh, one other thing. Nikki, a listener, she wants you to talk to the Ghost Brothers now that you've brought all of this up. She sent in an email, so I told you I would tell them, Nikki. So there it is. That's a great television show. Black dudes investigating paranormal disturbances. Mm. Yeah. They went to Clark Atlanta and everything, man. How much of them do? Take them them back to the old girl house and make it and see if they can meet Oh, my God. There you go. That is perfect. Let's get her on the show and yes. ask her if that how many times that happened. That is fucking right. crazy. Right. How many other trying to contact the dead husband of a woman I tried to have sex with once? We need her <laughs> on the, the show and thing. the Ghost Brothers to see if like that you was the, the other first thing. or last nigga that happened to at her house. Facts. That was the real comedy, Rod. Is that she hit me back like a week later? So we gonna run it back? I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 Your man has commitment issues. <laughs> he can't let go. He can't let go. Oh, Patrick Swayze ass. <laughs> Floating around and still chasing her. Get the fuck out of here, man. All right, right. Bless up. I can't believe I never told y'all the Charlie Horse, Charlie Horse ghost story. That was a new one for me. <laughs> you know what we don't even have time to get back to Corey now. we gotta take a break and then just come back to Corey to end the show and do the scam and the, we just gotta roll that up in one burrito sounds like a plan it's just too much but what about singing happy birthday to you no we're not even bringing up no yes. we're not gonna do that we just, I we're just told you a story it. about it a ghost happened. cop blocking me while I was trying to have sex Jacqueline I don't I'm not in I'm not in the mood for day of my birthday Job fair, we'll be right back.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Job fair, we still talking to Corey now. We're talking about crime scene investigation. And we've gotten into why you chose to do this, the ins and outs of the job. Now, before we talk to people about the skill sets that they need, if they want to pursue this as well, I think it's important to remember also third that you know first off how the fuck did you get a job in crime scene cleanup where was that job listed <laughs> good question so uh my, my best friend and i were um watching videos about how to make money and um we saw a video about how much money there was in crime scene cleanup we literally had a company for a flat out month and um it was a hoarder job it was we, oh. we went in and did a hoarder job um, for this woman that was all the way out in Leesburg, Virginia. And um, the smell alone, like we thought two or three people had died in the house. There were cats. There was there was all kind of other rodents. We didn't finish the house in short is what I'm trying to say. We we, we walked away. We were gone. Mm. Corey, is there ever a scenario where you walk up to something like that as a CSI? Is it your job just to go, well, what no crime here? Good luck. Clean up, motherfuckers. Or do you <laughs> have to properly clear a scene? and look at everything and then make the determination based on lab findings and clues and all of that, that there was no foul play. And then you move on to the next job. Yeah. If we're called to a scene, we're pretty much working it through and through. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do get called to natural deaths that might have some suspicious aspect to it. Huh? Um, we work, you know, all suicides because if they might have some oh. suspicious uh, aspect to them, mm -hmm. potentially, um, anything that's suspected to be drug related will work. Um, so it's more than just, you know, even on the death side, it's more than just murders. Um, and we work them all, you know, through just in case, cause you never know, um, what could potentially pop up in the future, even like, mm -hmm. um, bad assaults or stabbings or shootings mm -hmm. that don't result in death. Yeah. Um, we're, we're working them you know, through like it could be potentially a murder because eventually it could be. Do you carry a weapon? I do not. I am a complete so civilian employee. Really? So what if they circle back, Gory? There are those people. I don't know the name of it, but there are those people. I've seen this on TV. There are those people <laughs> who enjoy the crime scene. They do. It's a name for them. And they're sometimes the person who did it. I'm never on scene without a deputy or somebody okay. there. Keeping mm -hmm. security. Um, and <laughs> if they're not there, I'm not there. So okay. <laughs> when I get to a scene, my worry is about that physical crime scene. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care what people think happened. My job is to be there 
look at the crime scene, look at what's there and what could be potentially evidence, what, you know, could be potentially related to this crime, what could not be related to this crime, uh-huh. what could point us in a direction. Um, so, you know, while, you know, people are like, oh, so I saw this, so-and-so. Like, for me, I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to know what people think happened. I want to be unbiased mm-hmm. going into a crime scene. That's so, I can look at it and say, all right, according to the physical evidence and mm-hmm. the physical evidence only, this is what could have or this is what could not have happened. And then the detective can come to me and go, hey, I have a witness that's saying this. Or, hey, we have a suspect that says this is what happened. Um and then I can be like, yeah, that actually lines up with what the physical evidence tells me. Or I can be like, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense compared to like this crime scene I'm looking at. Um, so we're, we're part of the puzzle. Um, and then like where I work, we can do certain lab things. So, you know, we can assist in digital forensics or mm-hmm. you know, fingerprints. Um, and then past that, we know what needs to be sent for DNA or what needs to be sent for drug chemistry and stuff like that. So, we help make these decisions. Um, so, it's really us with the detectives kind of working side by side to make sure it's getting looked at accurately and correctly. Have you ever had to testify? And if so, how did that go? I, mm. have, I have. I've had a couple. Oh, really? Um, it's not as glorious as I like, like to look at. It's, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of being asked the same questions over and over again, and trying not to get frustrated that you're being asked the same questions over and over again. <laughs> I'm curious about what has pricked your heart. This has become procedural for you. You see a dead body every two, three, four days. But what has been that case or that scene that you showed up and you were like, man, this is a hard one. For me, it's anything with kids. Even before I had kids, um, it was one of those things where it it always kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, I have one. It was the first suicide I ever worked. um, And it was a, a teenager. And like to this day, I can still go walk through that entire house and tell you everything about that scene. Um, and it's just something that kind of sticks with you. And I mean, I feel like everyone that does this job has that case or those couple yeah. cases. Um, but it's definitely, you know, you got to kind of find that mindset of, all right, I'm doing a job. Um, and I'm here, I'm here for a reason. And I'm here because I'm trying to, you know, provide some kind of closure or provide answers or something. Um, but there's definitely cases that kind of get at you a little bit. Um, but More I mean, it, to you, brother. it's hard More not to when you're doing a job like this. Yeah. How, how is evidence tampered with or contaminated mm-hmm. or compromised? Like what are the different ways? What are the mistakes that could be honestly made by a CSI tech that could fuck up a prosecutor's case mm-hmm. in a particular situation. Like, even if it's an honest mistake, like what are the things that could go wrong from the time that you're at the crime scene and you go, get it to the lab. And then you put it in the box and then it goes to the evidence room and sits in that paper bag, like on every cop show. And then that's the bag that comes to the courtroom. For my- so how can things be fucked up? Mm. on your side that could then allow someone to walk free? Really? I mean, it's kind of not an answer, but it is an answer. The biggest thing you could 
do is just not collect something or miss something. Um, because past that, you know, if, you know, you leave DNA and contaminate, I mean, if you contaminate, like if you're, I don't know, hawk up a loogie and spit it out on on the evidence, then yeah. But like most of the DNA, (laughs) most of the DNA that, you know, we're going to be contaminating with, you can send a elimination (gasps) standard and it's going to be, and it's going to be able to kind of worked around. And of course, something's going to be thrown in and the defense attorney is going to use that against you. Um, really the biggest thing that could probably is a, is a lapse in chain of custody. So chain of custody documents every single person who has mm. that or where mm. that item of evidence is at every single moment at, of, from the moment it's collected from till the moment it ends up in court. And really the biggest issues you see are there being some kind of gap in that or some kind of where it's suddenly with one person, then all of a sudden there's another person's name on it and it, there's no, how it got transferred to that person. Um, that's where you, you kind of used to see, but anymore, our, all of our evidence, like when we send it to the lab has like tags on it that gets scanned. Um, some places even have, when you leave a room with a piece of item evidence, it automatically scans it. Um, so the biggest thing I guess would be that, but past that, tech, the way technology's come, it's so hard to mess that up. And <laughs> we're, we're trained so well that, um, I mean, you just, it's, if you're messing something up, you've done something pretty wrong. <laughs> what does a promotion look like in this job? Like, do you just get to wear regular clothes and point to all the people in the lab suit? Like, 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 have you, what's the chain of command? Like, cause you're CSI now, which means you're there mm-hmm. smelling all the, the hoarders, but do you eventually get to be head medical examiner? Like where does this go or where would you like for it to go? Or do you just like being in the shit? I mean, sometimes I like just being in the shit. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, there is, that's one of the things about this job is, depending on where you work, there is nowhere to go, but to like a supervisor, a crime scene supervisor, that's still doing the same job just as a supervisor. Um, what I like about where I work is I actually, since I've started, I've taken on, um, some work as doing some digital forensics. So cell phone forensics basically. Um, so that's kind of how I've furthered along my career a little bit. Um, it's not necessarily, I'm going to be, a big time supervisor, whatever. Um, but I've kind of, you know, I've added, I've advanced my career and we, we have pretty good, um, opportunities to get compensated with, you know, additional pay as we get more stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of how I look at advancing my career. You know, I'm still, I'm still a crime scene investigator, but I'm just adding stuff to my, my repertoire. For people that want to get into this line of work, what is the path that they should be looking at where they are? You know, are there particular courses they should focus on? Do they just show up to crime scene place with they with they snow shovel and go, I'm ready to scoop oh. the goop? What are Do they, they just binge like former seasons? Can they binge seasons and then just start working? Can I watch CSI Miami and put my shades on and go, yeah! I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I mean, there, there are lots of people that think they can watch CSI Miami and then do my job. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the best way to get in this field is pretty much anymore. The standard is a bachelor's degree in some kind of science, whether it's forensic science, chemistry, biology, something of that nature. 
pretty much anymore because it's a very popular field because of the whole CSI effect thing. Um, mm. You know, we're, we're a fairly small agency and we're still getting 200 applicants for open positions. Really? Um, That's crucial. So the job market is honestly at this point very saturated. So I always tell people that I say, I want to get in this field. What do I do? Find something that makes you stand out. Everyone's going to have a bachelor's degree. Everyone's going to have... Even There's going to be a lot of people with a master's degree. The best thing I can mm-hmm. tell people to do is go get an internship. One, it gives you hands-on experience working with people who do the job. And the other thing is, is it makes sure that you can do this job because there are people that think they're going to be a CSI until day two of being a CSI. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're no longer want to be a CSI because... <laughs> They can't handle a dead body. It's too much. Totally me. Couldn't handle this for shit. You're right. Agreed. I mean, it, it's, def- mm-hmm. it's definitely a field that we see a lot of turnover. One, we were talking a little bit before about burnout. Um, mm-hmm. People get burnout after two or three years of nothing but death and crime. And I mean, it's go, 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 go sometimes. Um, so definitely, you know, making sure it's something you can do because you don't want to spend four years getting a degree or six years getting a master's and then show up and be like, Oh yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, what about the money, Corey, the money, is it worth it? <laughs> to me it is. Well, according to down South Georgia girl, the okay. national average for a crime scene investigator. Thank you. Booker. Her yacht, uh, $56,000 around 27 to $28 an hour. Okay. I don't know if that's starting, mm-hmm. but that's the national average. That's not bad. Yeah. Apparently there's a couple mm-hmm. of cities there. Where, there's a couple of cities in this range here, JG. You can make $102,000. You got to be doing two two bodies a day. I say what you, what you got to look at there is cost that's of living. That's in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, yeah. The, the money ain't bad. It's not something you're going to get rich okay. off of. Let's, I mean, it's you're, you're a public employee or a government employee. I mean, you're not... That's true. You're not going out and getting rich off the job. Eventually, if you want to get into the private sector of things, you might have a little more... Private sector. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, working for a local or state or even federal government, you can make a living. It's a comfortable living. Um, But... Wait, you just opened another door. Private (laughs) sector. Who's coming from the private sector? Private crime scene. Yes. You, can't hear, well, well, you can't talk to him about that. That might get him killed. No, no, <laughs> I'm just. Nah, I don't understand. Sector, AG. They, they, that's the, you know, those are the people who call you in the middle of the night and be like, come <laughs> here in an unmarked car and, and, and pick up this body and we just going to pay you in cash. Up. I don't understand, the, Corey. Most Avocado of, farmers, Jacqueline. Most of the private sector is like just consulting. Um, there's a lot, especially on the digital side, like all like your bank, okay. like your banks and your major, okay. major companies. They all have oh, cyber. Got it. They all have people. Yeah. Um, so that's mainly what it is. And there's a lot more money. In that. Okay. I just thought somebody else was showing up to the crime scene with you and be like, this person was rich. So now we got to really look at this. Okay. Well, we appreciate you for Thank coming you. on the show and sharing this piece of your work. Good stuff, sir. Something extremely interesting. You are part of the reason why this is a podcast of the people. We don't deal with a lot of yes. celebrities because folks like you are giving us a slice of your life. Uh, I will end with this last question. Sure. I want you to be honest. Your boss ain't listening to this podcast. <laughs> when you see them dead bodies, you take the cash out their pocket. <laughs> Get a little bit of that. Oh, I don't need it. 
Come on, Corey. See, see, that's why we do background checks on people in this job. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Uh, thank you for coming on the job fair, Corey. Appreciate you, Thank you all for having me. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of iHeart Media, South Park, and Princeton Productions. Um, Jacqueline Fine, my birthday is coming up. I will allow you now to sing a couple of bars of happy birthday. The, the regular version, not the Stevie Wonder one that we don't have the rights to. Go. Exactly. Her mic just cut out just now doing that. What just For happened? For those of you listening, <laughs> what was that? I didn't hang up in Jacqueline's face because that was horrible. Ah! The internet chose for me. <laughs> The internet made the decision for us. And that is why I don't want my friends singing happy birthday to me. Because I'm trying to protect them. Trying to protect your ass. It is the holidays. This is your last chance. Your last chance to be a part of Rod's Relationship oh. Fair. The new one's coming up next week's episode. RoyceJobFair at gmail.com. If you've got some fucked up sex that's going on at work. TJ Holmes, come on down. You are an inspiration, and you are oh. someone that I've looked up to for years. But this show is about employment. And next week is about fucking on the job. So, wait, now hang on. I'm not gonna do a slander. Don't stop throwing in errant trashes. All right, uh, Just people who right. are who am I slandering? Because they did what? Tell me. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. Save it for next week, Jack. Mm. Save it for next week. Okay, clear. We'll let Rod yeah. tell you why you're wrong. Not at all. Happy birthday. That's the show. Happy birthday, Roy. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.